0: Welcome to the B.C.E.N. and Friends podcast. In this episode, Bridget and Janie are going to be talking to Jeff Patterson, the CEO and founder of Gaggle. Gaggle is a student safety technology platform that works to protect over 4 million students every day from cyberbullying, self-harm, and other threats to their well-being. Bridget and Janie, over to the both of you and Jeff for what I'm sure is to be an informative discussion.
1: Hello, and welcome to B.C.E.N. and Friends podcast. I'm Bridget Flood, Director of Strategy and Operations at BCN, and I'm joined by my co-host, Janie Shoemaker, Executive Director. Hey, Janie. Hi, Bridget. Um, As always, BCN and Friends podcast is where we have interesting conversations around learning with a range of thought leaders, BCN certification holders, and industry professionals. And most importantly, to create value and insight for you, Our professional nurses working across the emergency spectrum. We hope you find our discussions interesting, informative, sometimes funny, sometimes serious, but always valuable. Janie, today we have a new and very interesting friend with us, Jeff Patterson. Jeff's the CEO and founder of Gaggle, and since the beginning of his company, starting out as a student email provider in 1998, when email was barely a thing, to now being focused on and having grown significantly helping schools create safe learning environments for their students.
2: That sounds amazing, Bridget. Sorry. Yeah,
1: I'm, I think this is uh, going to be a really fascinating conversation. But if you wonder why Jeff chose the name Gaggle, he'll tell you his goal was to give teachers an easy way to watch over their Gaggle of students, and I love that name. But as trends are growing in risky student behavior, like bullying, mental health, school violence, self-harm, or inappropriate photos being shared, Gaggle focuses on those trends by using their cutting edge technology to help identify those students in crisis or most at risk. Jeff's vision of student centric schools to safely inspire creativity and ingenuity remains the driving force in Gagel's ongoing story. So Jamie, as you can tell this episode, uh, we'll touch on a really serious topic, but I think it's a topic that matters to all of us, whether we're a parent, a grandparent, relative, professional, or friend. Um, but a little bit about Jeff first. Jeff's an entrepreneur at heart, If you have a chance to speak with him, he has some really interesting stories um, about entrepreneurship. One uh, being my favorite, which was starting a business out of an apartment he shared uh, with Michael Dell. So if you have a chance, um, maybe we can hear a little more about that at some point. But Jeff's always been an entrepreneur. Um, His mother loves to tell the story about the little four-year-old Jeff starting his first rock company but unable to find investors when he first launched the company, Jeff now enjoys not having a boss for the past two decades. Um, and he uses this freedom uh, to express his creativity and sense of fun, all while help saving children. Um, so welcome Jeff, we are so glad you're here.
0: Thank you, I'm glad to be here.
1: Um, so let's get started. Uh, this topic is so interesting. We have a plethora of questions for you, um, especially around the Gaggle mission. Can you tell us a little bit about how you came to start Gaggle?
0: So you know, when I started Gaggle, you know, I was a young man, right? I started Gaggle over 20 years ago and. And you don't really think about the future in the same way that we do now. And, and even purpose is something that it's, you have to find your, your purpose in life. I guess that's existentialism in a nutshell, right? Um, when I was, uh, this is 1998, I was at a, a Texas Computer Education Association conference. It's, I had a little booth and I was, people were walking by and I was selling software that helped kids make multimedia. And I happened to ask a teacher if she was using email with her students. and she said, no, 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 uh, my, my, my school district would never let my kids have an email address. And back then, I was already using email to collaborate with people from around the world to create wonderful products and to meet new people. And I thought, wow, this is this powerful tool for kids, and it's all about writing and reading. And so I asked her the, the why questions. Well, why, why wouldn't you let your kids have an email address? And so it was all about the safety and security. Who are they going to talk to? What were they going to talk about? How do we know it's safe? And being a being a, a young person, uh, I decided, well, well, I can solve these problems. And so, the the initial version of GAGA was Hotmail, where the teachers are in control. That's really, That was that was really it. And now our mission has evolved. We're very clear. Our our mission is to ensure the safety and well-being of all schools and students.
1: And Jeff, that's fascinating. Um, just even to hear about how email evolved, because you know it's crazy what email is today. Um, but since your focus is now about you know children and their safety, can you tell us a little bit about what your organization has found out about these young people's behavior? You know, maybe some of the data points about these student issues that you can tell us about.
0: Sure. So we we help protect about four and a half million students across the United States. And I'll give you some statistics from this last school year to give you an idea of of what we're seeing. So we saw uh, over 63,000 student references to depression, cutting, and and suicide. Mm -hmm. And so, what's going on with our kids is they're, they're very anxious and depressed, right, and they don't know how to deal with these things, right. Of those 63,000, uh, over 5,000 5, were emergency situations that we would say were references to actually suicide. So, that's, that's how many of the most serious ones that we see. Um, our students, you know, like, like students throughout time, young people don't understand the future they, they think next week is the future right so they they don't know how to sort of think about consequences and think about how things will change and how things will get better and so they 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 some have a tendency to sort of over sort of over process if you will they share what's going on with maybe a few of their friends but those friends often don't know when they should bring things to adults right they're, they're so concerned about their their friends and keeping their privacy and, and protecting their friendship that, you know, they, they might not, they might be aware of a, a friend who's planning to kill themselves or, or, or to do it, commit a school shooting and, and they won't tell anybody even though they know it's wrong. Um, and then uh, probably just to, to give you some context when, when I talk about the depression and, and suicide ideation amongst our youth. Every year we have this country, this is pre-COVID, over 6,000 students a year, 6,000 youth committed suicide. And that's students from the age 24 all the way down to the age of seven. And it's frightening to think that a seven-year-old would find a reason to take their own life and then be able to do so, but it happens. And the more frightening statistic for me is that over 3,000 students a day are attempting suicide and we know that before someone successfully commits suicide they attempt it once or twice and so i've really seen this as as really a tidal wave of youth suicide that was headed towards us as as a culture even before covid right and i'm sure we'll talk about covid later but that that is not going to make things better
1: yeah i am those statistics are fascinating um and kind of Uh, eye-opening actually and I'm so glad uh, there's an organization like yourself that's really kind of watching and safeguarding um, what these students are sharing.
2: Yeah Jeff this is really um, some pretty sobering statistics that you just gave us and you know as nurses we certainly do learn a lot about suicide and suicidal ideation and are certainly our, our priority when we discover this with a with a patient or somebody who comes into our care is to keep them is to keep them safe <clears throat> and uh, you know to think about six thousand of our youth successfully committing suicide annually in the United States is just um, just really awful um, so I'm, I'm glad we're talking to you about this today I, I think it, it it occurs to me to ask you out of those. Uh, you know, 3,000 attempts that are going on and the 6,000 who are unfortunately successful. Um, can you tell us about a time where, with your organization, you've been able to intervene and change an outcome for a student?
0: Yeah, I'd be glad to. The, so to give you some statistics around that, we, we counsel something we call lives saved at Gaggle. So of those, you know, 5,000 suicide notes and ideation we found, out of those, there were 927 this last school year that we felt were were so clear with such a direct plan and a timeline and the means to to kill themselves that we call those alive lives saved. Um, we're told by some of our school districts that the number is much, much higher than that because we don't hear about most of the outcomes. We might report something around a student who, you know, we only see the cutting but there was a clear suicide plan that the parents and the school didn't know about. But here's really one of the, one of the powerful stories that, that we, we had. Um, we worked the school district up in Wisconsin that really cares about protecting all their students. And they've been partnering with GAGO for a number of years. One morning, they had a high school girl who logged into her school-provided email account. It happened to be Gmail. And she sent an email to her friend that said, if you get this message, this is goodbye. You should go on living. I just can't." It went on to say, I will look down on you from heaven and I will strike down all of your bad boyfriends. So we're sitting behind the school's digital tools, their email, their drive files, whatever the kids are creating and communicating on. Our system flags things that look suspicious and we have people that work 24 hours a day that review those suspicious items. Our safety rep recognized this as a real threat so we called the school immediately. The school called home thinking the girl was at home but they also sent a resource officer out into the school building and when the officer went into the girl's bathroom the officer found her hanging there in the school bathroom and we're really proud of the fact that they saved her and we're told it was within a minute of her passing away. So that's really one of the dramatic stories. they're not always that dramatic, but there are lots that are that dramatic. And so it's, uh, it's real.
2: Wow, that, that is, um, that's, that's really um, an amazing story and I, I certainly hope that um, the young lady's doing better um, at this point in time. And, you know, Jeff, I think that as parents and grandparents or, or relatives of children or even just friends or family members, you know, I think we're all trying to pay attention to our kids and, and we think we're on top of things. but I, I think um, I think kids are oftentimes really good at hiding some of these feelings of anxiousness and depression that you mentioned. Um, and we don't always know what's on their mind. So I'm wondering, Jeff, if you would have any tips for those of us that may be close to kids or certainly those of us that are working in the nursing profession, what are some signs that we should really look for that we may be missing? Um, as we're interacting with these kids
0: so I, I think that, so the number one behavior that we're that we're seeing across the country that sort of indicates what's going on in our kids is is cutting. and you know I think we oftentimes as adults you know a, we don't understand it. Why would you cut yourself? I, I, can't, I can't stay on the side of, my, my, of any blood, let alone my own blood. So it, it's almost inconceivable to us. And so we picture this, this very serious cutting and it, it's not like that. It's more like, like scratches and small marks, right? Kids will take a paper clip or, or a, um, a staple or the uh, pencil that the eraser is no longer in and use the, the tip and they'll just scratch themselves. So there's are small, subtle marks, scratch marks and they would be on the wrists, really maybe even up further near your, um, your elbow, right, so they can hide it with, with, you know, long sleeves or maybe on the inside of their thighs. And they're doing this just to release relief tension. And so I, I would just be really cognizant of, and watchful for those scratch marks. And I think if you're a healthcare professional, really even any adult in their life, explain this that you're there for them and you can be judgment free. And this is where I think nurses really come in handy because, you know, as parents we can't help but we're always trying to direct our kids and even judge our kids and try to get them to be better versions of themselves and, and that can be overwhelming for, for, for kids. But as a healthcare professional you're there for them and their health and well-being and, and just communicate that, hey, this is a judgment-free place. Is there anything going on, you know, with you that, that, that I could help with or I can just listen to and you can even say, you know, Do you feel like you're getting along well with your peers, right? How are you getting along with your parents, right? Asking those questions and making it sort of a place where you're curious and maybe even starting with friends. How how are your friends doing? Are your friends doing well in in the pandemic? Are they anxious and depressed? Sometimes it's easier for them to talk about their friends than themselves. Well, thanks,
2: Jeff. Those are some really great suggestions. I'm not sure I would think to look. In those places you mentioned for those small scratch marks, but it sounds like those can really be a big clue uh, as to what may be going on with the with the with the child or adolescent sitting in front of us. So, wow, thank you for that great tip. I think we'll all take something from that.
1: Yeah, and I really liked also, Jeff. You know your comments on how we talk to them. Um, because I, I know you started out saying they don't often share what's going on in their world and they don't really know how to make sense of it other than what's happening now and that's probably gonna be the same going forward. Um, and so that idea of asking them how their friends are doing is probably a great way to start in, in a non-threatening way to them. Um, so that's perfect advice. And I know you mentioned the pandemic, and I do think that, you know, it has changed the way, um, you know, students are going to school and parents are now becoming um, teachers. So what has your team found with, are there new challenges that are facing these kids going to school this way? And are there any other things we should be looking out for um, or talking to our children about
0: so I, I think with the initial phase of the pandemic, some of the mental health issues sort of, at least on the surface, relaxed. But my sense is they are growing and they're going to really get serious this fall because the kids will think there's almost no hope in sight. And, and, and honestly, my take on the situation is that most schools are not going to be going back to in-person until next fall. I hate saying that, but I think that's where we're at. Um, so. As a parent, I I have some pieces of advice, right? So the first piece of advice is to recognize that our students are not going to learn as much this year, and not to blame the teachers, the administrators. They're doing the absolute best they can. They've been told, hey, look at that rock over there. I need you to make it fly, but you can't put wings on it or anything mechanical, and you can't pick it up, but figure out how to make it all work. They can't make it work. Our kids are simply not going to learn as much this year as they have in the past, and we as adults and parents have to accept that, and I like to think of this as a gap year, right? Accept it as a gap year and that there are going to be other benefits and things that our kids can get out of this, things that they might grow and learn. I'm trying to get my daughters to take a a programming class, right? They're resisting so far, but I I think I'm wearing them down, Um, and then I think, Letting go of some of that, recognizing that they've lost so much, right? No sports, no school, no prom, no graduation, no birthday parties, in some cases no friends. I know some parents that are isolating their kids, you know, we have to realize that they've lost so much, we need to focus on their mental health and well-being. That's the only thing that matters this year, is making sure that our kids are safe and can grow up to be healthy adults. And happy adults with meaningful lives.
1: Um, I, I love the idea of a gap year. Um, you know, gap years didn't exist when I graduated from college, um, but I love the whole concept of a gap year. Of take this moment to investigate and explore. You know, what's of interest to you or creative to you, or learn a new skill like programming. And I think if parents go in with that thought um that year becomes very valuable it might be one of their best memories
0: um let me share just a few other things about the kids because this is the this is the most important thing i really have to share it's i think as adults we need to share with them the struggles we're going to have this fall when we get locked inside the house and the weather turns bad they need to hear that we're open and honest about this you know you're you're they're going to be worried about you and your health so as nurses, you need to share with them the, the safety protocols at your work so they know that you're safe. They're worried about your, safe, their, your health, their health, their grandparents' health, right? You need to share with them, even if you're in a good financial state situation, share that with them because they have friends whose parents are losing their job. So your kids are going to be worried about so many things. Give them ways to express it and give them the, the knowledge of where they're safe.
1: That's also great advice um, because I think as adults we tend to share those thoughts with each other Um, but it certainly makes sense to share it you know with your children because they are always worried about you and have the least amount of control over it so that's fabulous advice actually. Um, Anything else before we move to one of our favorite parts of this conversation? Uh, Which is our rapid fire questions. Any other advice you'd like to share?
0: No, I I I think I'm ready. I I think I'm ready for rapid fire.
1: Okay, here we go. Um, What was one, at least one, of the most meaningful moments you've had since founding Gaggle?
0: Oh, so if I can do two, that's even better. So one of my most meaningful moments. uh, We were at a trade show in Philadelphia. It was a big trade show called ISTE and gaggle through a party for 3,000 teachers. We closed off two blocks. It was a superhero theme party. We had, you know, Thor and Wonder Woman and Batman and a couple others wandering around the party taking pictures with people, right? We had different silly activities, right, where, you know, people could participate like superheroes and then at the end of the night, we had this band called the Spasmatics play. And the Spasmatics, they dress like Revenge the Nerds and do all the 80s cover songs. And just, you know, 3,000 people just cheering on this band and being able to give people who are unsung heroes a great memory, that's something I loved. And, and then similar within the company, we do a couple of events a year. And, and one year, we did karaoke battles on a real stage. And I got to see some of our employees who were kind of shy and, again, those unsung heroes that just got on stage and sang their song and just, you know, seeing their fellow employees just sort of cheer for them and and them to be a star, that I loved.
1: That is cool. Jeff, did you actually sing karaoke?
0: Oh, so when I grew up and my family sang happy birthday, cats ran out of the house. (laughs) And at one point I was in events, you know, we were at a little bar and, you know, we were doing karaoke and Serena Williams came in with some friends and she was singing with everybody and, and everybody had a great time except for me. And I I was just so disappointed in this, that I took singing lessons just so I could learn to do karaoke. And, and I did sing, I did sing on that, that, that day at the office.
1: That's great. Great answer to that first rapid fire question. Jamie. Jeff,
2: I would love to know. So we, we're just so we're just so glad that you did this podcast with us. And, and this is uh, one of our more serious topics, but so very important. And I'm just wondering if uh, you, what's your one goal that you hope to achieve um, by doing this pod podcast with us?
0: Janie, why aren't you as nice as Bridget gave me a? Cha- I got to answer, give two answers. You're <laughs> only keeping me to one. You're just not as nice to me. I'll let you have two, then. Oh, thank you. Thank you. So, look, I have two goals, right? Um, I think the primary goal that, that I, I hope to achieve is that message to, to parents, right? Think of this as a gap year. Focus on your students' mental health and well-being. That is my, that, that's my, my number one goal. Secondarily, for my company, Gaggle, look, we're protecting 4.5 million students. There's 55 million students in the United States and, and I know for every 10,000 students how many suicides, how many bullying incidents, how many other things that we would uncover. I, I would like to reach more, more schools so we can help more students.
1: Yeah,
2: those are both really great, really great goals. Um, I would love to see you reach more students as well, especially after listening to what you've been telling us about the data you uncover. Sounds like you're um, technology is super important. Um, my, my last rapid fire question for you, Jeff, we always like to ask, uh, tell us about your favorite book, one that has changed you or helped shape you into uh, the person that you are today. What, what book would you recommend from your perspective?
0: So there's a book I, I read six months ago. I read it once, then reread it a second time and took notes. And I took the ma- the, the author's masterclass online. So it's, it's from the FBI's lead hostage negotiator, Chris Voss. It's called Never Split the Difference. And one of Chris's statements is that even a hostage negotiator deserves to be heard and understood, maybe not sympathized with, but understood. And so it, it's all about how to basically show up better and in, in, in everything in life is a negotiation and how you listen to other people Right? And there's some great techniques around mirroring and labeling and oh, uh, accusation audits. All these things that I've learned to incorporate into my interactions with, with my coworkers and with my family and my kids so that I can, so I can understand them better. And that has really changed how I'm showing up to everybody.
2: Wow, that's incredible. I, we are getting just the best reading list from these podcasts, Bridget. I just love this. And Jeff, this sounds like an amazing book. I I don't see how any of us could not benefit from some of those uh, practices you just talked about. Sounds amazing.
0: It's such a fun book too because he he there's stories interspersed along here. And so it, it's an easy read because, you know, it, it's not it's not a teach well, it's a teaching book, those stories really make it come alive for the individual.
2: Yeah, I love a book with, with that, that illustrates your stories. That's always so much easier to read. We'll have to, we'll have to check that out. Jeff, I want to ask you um, if our audience would like to follow you, learn more about you. Where can they find you online, or, on, or are you on social media? Can we follow you there?
0: So our, our website is gaggle.net. You know, that's gaggle, like a gaggle of these. You can find us on Twitter and follow us on Twitter. You can follow us on LinkedIn. And if you mention this, and you want to reach out to me and connect on, on LinkedIn, just mention this podcast and, and I'll go ahead and accept you mentioned that in a note. And, uh, you know, I, uh, I try to post things on LinkedIn several times a week. And, and a lot of what I try to do is to help other people, right? So I'll post open jobs because I know there's so many people who've been laid off and, you know, quite honestly, are losing hope. And so I want to give people some hope by sharing what jobs I'm aware of that are out there.
2: Excellent.
1: Thank you so much. That's great, Jeff. Um, I think I'm going to do the LinkedIn right after this um, episode. Um, I really want to thank you for taking this time, Jeff, um, for joining this episode of BCN and, and Friends. It's been, you know, well, a serious topic, really invaluable information that you shared. So a big thanks. Um, You're welcome. We hope, can't thank you enough. Um, and so for everyone else, we hope you'll continue um, to tune in as we go on with this series and bring you new and impactful content and perspectives. And as always, If you have a suggestion for an episode, please, please email us at bcen at bcen.org. I'm Bridget Flood here with Janie Shoemaker. And on behalf of the entire BCN team, we thank you. We celebrate you for all that you're doing as professional nurses across the emergency spectrum. And until next time.